we love the idea of a mad king. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I guess kings are... I, I don't know if we love it. Well... Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And we are blazing through the Wikipedia Urban Legends page. We have landed on sea. <laughs> blazing through. Woo! Woo, we're at sea. A juggernaut. <laughs> it's a huge list. Yeah. Literally attempting to cover every single urban legend that exists. Yeah, listed A to Z on Wikipedia. We're going through all of them. Yes. We're only skipping things, like if we've already covered them in previous shows. Yeah. Um, maybe we've skipped things if it's like not an urban legend or something. I don't remember, but I, uh, here's, here's my internal rule set. And I think by and large you've agreed, but I'm, I'm ready for dissent if you have any. Mm -hmm. Better be. Urban legends are uh, a hard thing to pin down. Right. And, and I won't harp on this too much because I've said this literally every time we've done urban legends. But there was like a classical way that these things have been categorized, mm -hmm. literally like academically studied. Yeah. Wikipedia's list it does not adhere to any of that at all. Yeah, because Wikipedia is just user-generated. Yes. Uh, an urban legend is supposed to be a story, literally like a narrative story. This happened to this person, then that happened, then that happened, usually with some twist at the end. The call's coming from inside the house. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a campfire tale. Right. Well, a lot of the stuff on Wikipedia, like, for example, I'm going to talk to you about, like, whether or not people in uh, Spain have a lisp. Okay. <laughs> like, that's not an urban legend. No, it's not. But it's on the page. Right. So we're going to do it. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought maybe in the A's and B's there were things that we skipped because they weren't good or whatever. I think but... only if it was something that we'd covered on the show previously before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we've got, a, we've got an interesting stock here because we're just kicking off the C's. Mm -hmm. And the fun thing about doing this is that periodically... It's a fun way to discover things I haven't heard about before. Yeah. You know, like we've covered so many different kinds of like monsters and, and horror movies and, and cryptids and blah, 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 blah. We've done it all. That's right. We've seen it all. Well, evidently not. No. And it's kind of fun to see these random things pop up on the Wikipedia list that almost open your eyes to something you've never heard about Definitely. before in your entire goddamn life. Yeah, of course, because we usually choose things based on interest. Yes. And this is just, we've decided to go through this whole list. So things are going to be served to us, whether we're interested or not. Yes. And sometimes we might be pleasantly surprised. Totally. Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of fun because it's almost out of our hands what yeah. we are exposed to. Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off because I've got the first one alphabetically. I know. Go ahead. This is the story I'm going to tell you about. The... Cadborosaurus. The Cadborosaurus. Okay. Now, I've been miswriting this all week. Very good. As Cardboardosaurus. Hmm. And I literally I was anticipating it being some sort of a, like a creature made out of old boxes. Yeah. I thought it was literally cardboard. Oh. I was wrong. This is a sea serpent. Oh, okay. Much in the, in the vein of the Loch Ness Monster mm -hmm. that comes from... Cadboro Bay. Okay, there you go. In British Columbia. So Cadborosaurus, meaning Cadboro Bay, that's mm -hmm. the place, and Saurus, meaning dinosaur. Yeah. It's a sea dinosaur that people think that they've seen today. Okay. Uh, it goes under the adorable name Caddy. That's nice. Just like Loch Ness Monster has Nessie, and yep. this seems to happen a lot specifically with sea things. Sea monsters. Was Momo? the Missouri monster a sea thing? I don't remember. Maybe not. No, it's no, not because it's not. They, they hung ham skin from a tree to try to capture Momo. <laughs> exactly right. So, landlocked. Exactly right. But there is another one, Chappy or Chammy or... Oh yeah, there is something. Chippy. There's another sea monster that it's has... Champy? I think it's Champ. Yeah. I think there's a sea monster called Champ. I think you're right. It's like the sea monsters get a cute name. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really sure <laughs> why. Uh, so evidently, uh, this thing is, oh, I, write, I wrote down right here, it's a Loch Ness Monster situation, a.k.a. it's boring. Oh, good. Some of it is boring. Yeah. So I found the ways that it supplied the most interesting stuff to me. Wonderful. Which I will feed to you now and, and to our wonderful folks at home. Glorious. Scientists and pseudoscientists, I write, have disagreed with each other back and forth about whether or not this exists. As is their custom. Yes. <laughs> but what makes Caddy kind of fun is the list of other creatures that have been mistaken for 
a sea serpent. Oh, fun. So there's a whole section on the Wikipedia page for the Cadborosaurus titled Creatures Identified as Cadborosaurus. Mm-hmm. In 1943, an inspector, Robert Owens, and a staff sergeant, Jack Russell, saw, quote, a huge sea serpent with a horse-like head. That's a thing often. What? A horse head. Yeah. Yeah, that because that's also said about like the Jersey Devil. Yep. That it has like a horse head. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you look up a hammerhead bat, you know this, right? I'm sure we've talked about this. I don't know. The the famous drawing of the Jersey Devil mm-hmm. looks almost exactly like the real animal, the hammerhead bat. Oh, like, are put they, them side by side. Are they huge? Yeah. Really? It's it's enormous and it has a big Joe Camel like, oh, horse head. Thing. I actually didn't know that. Sure. If you look at them side by side, you're like, that's what somebody saw and said it was the Jersey Devil. Oh. The hammerhead bat's not supposed to be from around here, but uh-huh. I don't know. Anim- someone brought the Who animal. Knows? I don't know. There was an alligator, like, in the Raritan River or whatever. Recently. Exactly. Yeah. All the more reason for somebody to look at an animal like that and be like, whoa, what that's is a that? monster. It doesn't belong here. That's got to be the Jersey Devil. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really the hammerhead bat. Huh. Or it seems to be Likely. the case anyway. So anyway. Anyway. In 1943, these two officers see a huge sea serpent with a horse-like head. Except it turned out to be a herd of sea lions. Oh. They saw... They don't have horse-like heads. No, they don't. They, they look like... They look like crumbs. They look like... Yeah, they look like your dog crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> in the sea. <laughs> Glistening. As your, crumbs, yeah. as your crummy boy does in he the pool. He often does. Turn into a little sea, serp- uh, sea lion man. Yeah. What? Looks like a little seal boy. He looks like a seal boy. (laughs) (laughs) Airless. Looks like a seal. Uh, Evidently, these sea lions, this herd of sea lions, were swimming so in sync with each other, Mm -hmm. they're just moving simultaneously, that these two officers looked out and saw a tremendous thing moving in the water and assumed it was one creature. Oh, Instead of six separate animals swimming in unison. And they went, ah, Cadborosaurus. (laughs) Well, they were wrong. It was sea lions. Busted. Fun. Busted. Uh, And there's a type of fish out there, Kristen, that I learned about today that can grow to be goddamn 56 feet long. My God. It is silvery, shimmery silver as well Uh as it swims through the ocean. And it has been sighted and and said to have been a Cadborosaurus. Wrong. It's something called an oarfish. Oh. And it looks like an enormous silvery eel or something like that. Wow. We've been right at home at the Renaissance tour. You're right. Right? Mm-hmm. Why? What? Because Beyonce asked that everybody wear silver so that the crowd looks like one beautiful big disco ball. Ah, I understand. Yeah. So, yes, the oarfish would have been at home at Beyonce's concert. Correct. Because it's silver. Yeah. Understood. Just making sure... Now I have gotten the joke, and I appreciated it. <laughs> Good. There is also another culprit for sightings of the Cadborosaurus, which is very particular and very strange. A decomposing basking shark. Oh. Not just the basking shark itself. It has to be decomposing. Yeah. When it's decomposing, people think it's a Cadborosaurus. Weird. Uh, and it has evidently, quote, fooled experts and laymen. Experts? No, yeah, I don't Are know about sure? these experts. I'm not sure. In what? Now, for whatever reason, Wikipedia also points out that the rotting corpses of basking sharks have also been mistaken for the plesiosaur, which oh. is an actual dinosaur. <laughs> so, for whatever reason, specifically when a basking shark is rotting? Yeah, what is it? I mean... I don't know. I don't know Why what to are say. people constantly running across decomposing yes. basking sharks? Right. They're just constantly washing up on the beach, and then people go, it's a dinosaur. And why is their structure, while decomposing, so different than it <laughs> Than just how it looks. You're yeah. right. That's a great like, question. what's going on under the surface well, of here's, that animal? Here's the unfortunately disgusting thing about the ocean, is that when there's dead stuff in it, it looks like a nightmare. Horrible. You know about the Montauk monster? Yes. It's this thing that washed up on the beach and it was furless and hairless and it had like a weird beak face and people were like, it's a it's a monster. Yeah. And it's like, well, it, was, it might have been a dead raccoon, but your like hair falls off if you're in the water for too long. Yeah. It's like waterlogged. I think we talked about Ugh. it on like a 
Long Island specific episode or something. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? A dead thing in the ocean. Yeah. It could be anything. Gets ripped to pieces. Yes. Uh, there's a whole section of claimed sightings that go back to as far as the 1930s. And it's basically a list of 10 events that all read like this. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying to you is I fabricated oh, okay. what Wikipedia gotcha. feels like it tells you okay. 10 times in a row. Fun. On Silver Beach, a 32-foot creature washed ashore. The remains were quickly recovered and brought to a scientist's fancy laboratory believed to be the corpse of the Cadborosaurus. It was later determined to have been an old boot resting on the end of a mop. It's like yeah, that sounds right. Ten times they go, someone thought it was a Cadborosaurus, and it wasn't. It was this. It was this, not that. Yeah, it was a hat. But it was a hat. Uh, in 2009, there is supposed footage someone caught of a Cadborosaurus. This is, you've heard of the Patterson-Gimlin tape where they, mm-hmm. they thought they saw a Sasquatch. Yes. This is the Kelly Nash video. Mm. And it's on YouTube. You can look up Kelly Nash Cadborosaurus 2009 on YouTube. And it's somebody filming the ocean while something, uh, you know, the camera's all shaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then something is like sort of moving in the water. The ocean is notoriously unstable. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how to tell all... <laughs> Everybody, I don't want to be a, a complete naysaying skeptic poo-pooer. Yeah. But the ocean's full of weird shit. Yeah. And I just don't think that you can be standing on the shore and see something moving in the ocean and be confident that it's not just some average animal. Yes, I, I wouldn't be. There's no way. There's nothing that the ocean could show me that I'd be like, oh my God, that's a mo- an actual monster that we totally. don't know about. I'd just be like, the ocean's messed up. Totally. Absolutely. The ocean is a deranged place mm-hmm. full of all manner of <laughs> frightening. Of freak shows. It is. It's like it's like going to outer space. Yes. It's just like I have no idea what kind of life form I might encounter in the ocean. Right. So to see any kind of movement, just call them all cryptids. Every single thing in the ocean is a cryptid. Yeah. I guess if like cryptids are basically undiscovered animals, yeah. there are like a million cryptids in the ocean especially. Absolutely. Yeah. I know these are the animals I know. Mm-hmm. Cat, dog, cow. That's basically it. Same. Once I can't it gets think to the ocean, other. I can't think of a single additional animal. No. Show me a bird and I'll flip out. Oh God. But anyway, let's make a let's let's, <laughs> let's not get too delirious. Right back in. This is the last thing I have to say to you about the Cadbury's. Okay. Uh, the only other thing worth mentioning on this list of of people who claim they saw the Cadbury's was this: a corpse washed up onto a Vancouver beach in 1941. Mm. 1941, of course, over in Maryland, Rustin Parr was doing his famous uh, extracurriculars. As we all know, as we all know. On this Vancouver beach, (laughs) a corpse washes up. I still have Blair Witch on the brain, everybody, like always. We just did a Blair Witch thing, too, for the Netherworld Dispatch, so it's like especially present. I can't stop thinking about the Blair Witch right now. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so 1941, a corpse washes up on a Vancouver beach, and it's given a name. People seem to think that it was a Cadborosaurus, mm-hmm. but they gave it a name yeah. on top of that. Sarah the Sea Hag. Oh, okay. And I love that. Here's the thing. I love it. It feels wasted on this thing. Because you know that it's just I a, wish it was something It's another up. goddamn basking shark. Right. But I do really like the name. I just wish that it yeah. was a tat. Like, if I... If, if I had heard the name first and you said, I'm going to tell you about Sarah the Sea Hag, I'd be like, oh, heck I'm yeah. In. Right. And then when you started doing this, I'd be like, oh. Yeah, I think you're right. It's but good too, too little too late. Yeah. You yeah. know? Because, yeah, I, I literally wrote here at the end. Anyway, it was later identified as a dead shark. <laughs> Everyone, it's a shark. You found something weird on the beach. It's dead and it looks like a monster. It's a shark. Or they're just going to tell you it's a shark. Maybe it was a monster. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Keep your sea cryptids. I know. Um, I can't you... think of one that's been a hit I... for us to talk about where we're like, ooh. We did do a revisit episode on the Loch Ness Monster. Where it we, didn't think, help. Wasn't there recent Loch Ness Monster news? Like someone's going back in to try to find it again? <laughs> I don't remember. Honestly, I'm just being punchy. I, I don't this know. time it will... Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, though. I think we're always just saying, like, oh, yeah, it was a fish. Yeah, why is it always so terrible? I don't know. Uh, creature photographed in Loch Ness is not a monster, according to the Telegraph. See? 
Okay. Yeah. There's just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there's just never anything good. No. no. No good comes from a sea monster. Anyway, that's the story of the Cadborosaurus. Trust me, there's more information. Oh, I'm sure. That's all. No, that... there's plenty of information about the Loch Ness monster. That is all that was fit to print <laughs> in in our little show for here. Yeah. Well, I got bad news for you. Oh, I'm no. not gonna bring it up. No, you have a sea monster too? No, but I have something that really bummed me out and grossed me out and left me very <laughs> disturbed. Uh, okay, well this could turn out to be okay though, because I like it when you're upset on the show. <laughs> it's kind of amusing. I feel like this happened in the last um, Urban Legends thing too. Remember there's like that guy who like threw his elderly mom down the stairs or something and then they said he haunted his house? Yeah, uh-huh. His name was like... Gerald and not Gerald or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was in the last okay. or whatever. Don't remember. Okay. I, I've come across this before, but I had wiped it from my memory. I have a feeling that you may have too. Do, do you know what the, the Catman of Greenock is? Absolutely not. I, I you might. couldn't even begin to guess. You might. It's it not that of, guy that <laughs> turned himself into a tiger bit by bit, right? It's close. Remember but, that guy? Yeah, I do um no kind of in a way but it's much more sad this is a man with skin that is blackened by either just just dirt and the color black so it's either dirt or coal or motor oil people say and who eats rats with his bare hands okay and people have taken pictures of him over the years so it's it's this is the story of somebody who's unwell Yes, definitely. Okay. Some people said that it's like a hoax or something, but yeah. I don't think so because there is a surprising amount of photographic evidence, which I have seen now. And it's like over the years, it's this dude doing this stuff. It's a real guy. Okay. And it's, it sucks. Um, so <laughs> It sucks. Greenock is in Scotland and people have been seeing this dude since the 70s. And the last sighting of him was in 2015, I believe. Um, but basically, it's this guy who's usually spotted at night, um, hiding in bushes, sometimes under cars or under buses. No. And he is identified. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen. You know how he's identifiable? Oh, they smell. say, well, weirdly, what I read was like, he's identifiable identifiable by his glowing eyes i would argue he's identifiable by the fact that he's covered in literal black stuff yeah. not paint but it almost looks like that or something and is um often seen with a mouse or a rat hanging from his mouth like an accessory he's not presently eating it he just has a mouse hanging from his mouth no he's eating it oh. but it's terrible it's really terrible Don't i you really think it'd be really hard to i really catch a mouse? hated it yeah, you I You ever had do. to catch a mouse before? Mm, I don't know. I did. Yeah. I remember there were at least a couple of mice at our house when we lived together. Sure. Yeah, I've caught mm. those mice. Yeah. I, I, uh, Allie and I got an Airbnb in, in uh, New Orleans a few years ago, mm -hmm. and there was a mouse in there. Oof. And it looked like an adorable... It looked like a little... How'd you get it? Um, it was awesome. I took a Tupperware lid, like a yeah. cake lid kind yeah. of thing, like a domed Tupperware thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the mouse was running, and I threw the Tupperware like a hat. Amazing. <laughs> what else would you throw? Like a Frisbee. I, I was picturing a hat. I got where you Yeah, like a hat. Yeah. And I, per I didn't hurt him. Yeah. I didn't even touch the tail. Amazing. I perfectly got this mouse. And he was so cute. And Allie and I scooped him up. We put a little like binder underneath yeah. to hold him. And then we walked him like a mile down the road and let him go. And then he inevitably became someone else's problem. Of course. And spread yellow fever around New Orleans again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second um, round. But he was like the cutest Cinderella Gus Aww. Gus mouse. That's so And we cute. messaged the person whose house it was. And they were like, I am so, so sorry. And we were like, we already got it. And they were like, yeah. what's wrong with you guys? Like, <laughs> How'd you <laughs> do that? What tenant ever just catches the mouse? Yeah. And get I rid would of it. too. What are you going to do? I'm not going to sleep well, I make that I would. I would make Ryan do it. But sure. yeah, I'd do the same thing. It was great. Oh, man. Um, there was one time that... I didn't eat it. Oh, okay. I know if you're just leaving that out of the story. <laughs> just to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took it a mile away and ate it. <laughs> um, there was one time that our cat, Chloe, may she rest yes. when, again, when we're living at home with our mom and dad, um, Chloe caught a mouse and brought it into my room and left it like inside 
my room uh-huh. and I luckily thank God I what must have happened the way that my door swings is that I must have gotten up in the middle of the night to go Ooh, to the bathroom yeah. I must have stepped over the mouse lucky come back in the room stepping over it and closed the door because I woke up Chloe wasn't in the room but there's just a dead mouse inside my door that's crazy and yeah. our dad had just had hip surgery and yet I <laughs> woke him up and I was like dad there's a mouse in my room and I'm whatever and he was like all right and he came downstairs and he put a, he dropped a napkin over it and then used his picker upper and picked it up and put it in the garbage. Oh my god. I know. Oh my god. Kristen. Daddy saved me. He did. How old do you think you were? 20. <laughs> Easily. It's great. Easily. It's great. Um if the cat man was around, I wouldn't have had that problem because I would have been screaming. Running from the house. William, this is so disturbing. No, he'd to me. eat it and then it'd be fine. There are also rumors that he, he doesn't walk at all because he's always seen like on all fours crawling or sort of like slithering, people say. And what is going on? I, I can't decide. So here's what they are s- we being sympathetic to this man or are we afraid of him? What are we doing here? Both. I feel I, I feel bad for him. I mean, this seems both? terrible, but I would be so scared like i find these sure. pictures yeah you know we oh not always but like a lot of times we'll talk about um you know scary movies and things like that yeah. and you and i are like yeah i just never really get scared which is true yeah this freaks me out this i find scary where, where, where is it scotland yes if you put Catman of greenock green o uh ck okay you'll find him and tell me if you have seen this guy before because i had somehow um, so here is what, here's the legend around him that people say, but nobody knows for sure. The local legend said that he was a Russian sailor who abandoned his ship that had been docked in the harbor in the seventies due to poor mental health and fighting with his fellow crew members. And then he was stranded and started begging on the streets before being attacked by locals who what? broke his legs and jaw, leaving him, him unable to walk and having a hard time talking. And sometimes the story has variations as a lot of now this, I feel like does kind of qualify as urban legend, even though this person is real because there are multiple origin stories. So I don't know. It feels a little bit more urban legendy to me. So sometimes the story is told um, without his legs having been broken. Sometimes the story is told without the Russian sailor thing. This is just a guy who got into a fight and did this. Um, There are also reports that say that he physically resisted mental excuse me he physically resisted getting medical treatment or being taken to any kind of shelter and that people have tried to help him but that he crawls on his stomach because he can't walk or do anything else and so the first videos and photos of him were taken in 2007 they circulated online and um social workers went out to find him like they i guess you know figured out where it was however i don't know however and tried to find him but they could never find him in the area and they said that nobody matching that description has ever lived in the town and yet it seems people have seen him and sightings have become rarer over the years so no new footage or uh like pictures have been out since 2015 Um, When somebody posted a photo of him to the Facebook fan page that was made for him, which is not nice. I don't say anybody should go get that, but there is a page called, I don't even know what it's called, you know, whatever, like Catman, and it's shitty and mean. Um, But people did also, on top of it being shitty and mean, people did also use it to post recent pictures of him, be like, hey, I saw him, and they put it up, and the last one was 2015. Okay. So... I, I, I've got a picture of him on the screen right now. I literally just like Googled it. I mean, it just I've makes me never, sad. I've I, never seen this before. I've never seen this man. I have. The, the ones with like rats hanging out of his mouth freak me out. I, I don't, I really don't like it. It bothers me. Sure. Listen. Yeah. I don't think you're alone in that. I'm, no, I'm sure not. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Wow. Okay. That, the the Catman cat of Greenock. Yeah. I have never heard of that in my I, life. I'm glad. I mean, I definitely didn't know it by name. Like, even when I started reading about it, like, when I, just the description, I was like, oh. And then when I got to a picture, I was like, oh, God, I've seen this before. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to, let me let me hit you with a really awesome one then. Great. All right. This, I think, is going to bring it back up. Woo. All right. So I'm going to tell you about Carmen Winstead. Okay. Another individual hmm. from the Catman to Carmen. Yeah. Uh, this appears to be 
uh, totally made up story. A lot of freedom to... To let to, your imagination roam? Yeah, to have fun with this one. Yeah. And it, it seems to be something that I've never really experienced, but I've heard about. Chain mail. Remember what chain mail? Like the concept of like... Yeah. Pass it on. Uh-huh. Like emails? So, I guess. What, what Was chain mail ever part of like mail mail? Like snail mail paper? A chain letter. I feel like I've heard that. I guess that. so, but it's not I heard those I ever... terms when I was a kid, but I have no familiarity. Same. This is certainly a an internet era type, like, pass on the story thing. Yeah, I think like today, a forward email. Yeah, I guess sort we used of. to call it, yeah. You know what, uh, like, is very, very common? Like, yeah, on Facebook, you might see somebody be like, I, you know, nine out of ten people won't share this post. Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing. Yep. Well, this is from the year 2000 according to Snopes, and here's the story. They pushed her, Kristen. This is almost like a proper urban legend. Okay. Because there's a story. I'm literally going to tell you the story right now. About 17 years ago in Indiana, Carmen Winstead was pushed down a sewer opening by five girls in her school trying to embarrass her in front of her school during a fire drill. When she didn't, I think it's supposed to say emerge, uh -huh. but it says when she didn't submerge, uh. The police were called. They went down and brought up 16-year-old Carmen Winstead's body, the neck broken hitting the ladder, and then side concrete at the bottom. The girls told everyone she fell, and mm. they believed them. Fact! Two months ago, 16-year-old David Gregory read this post and didn't repost it. Uh-oh. When he went to take a shower, he heard laughter from his shower. <laughs> He started freaking out and ran to his computer to He's repost awesome. it. He said goodnight to his mom and went to sleep. Five hours later, his mom woke up in the middle of the night because of a loud noise. David was gone. That morning, a few hours later, the police found him in the sewer. His neck broke and his face skin peeled off. If you don't repost this, face skin. his face skin. Yeah. If you don't repost, Talk about face skin and ham skin in this episode. Ham skin and face skin, <laughs> synonymous. Sorry. Yes. If you don't repost this saying she was pushed or they pushed her down a sewer, then Carmen will get you. No. Either from a sewer, the toilet, the shower. Or, <laughs> don't bite <Please>. my finger. <laughs> Put his finger on my face. Or, when you go to sleep, you'll wake up in the sewer in the dark. Then Carmen will come and kill you. Well, they, we better repost that. By the way, face skin and ham skin are the same thing in the cable guy. When Jim Carrey is doing the Silence of the Lambs bit. Now that's He puts good. a bunch of ham on his face. Yes. And pretends to be Hannibal Lecter. Pretty sure it's chicken, but we'll say ham. Oh, really? Oh. A few months later, this is now from, by the way, villains.fandom.com. I guess this was, this, this doesn't have its own Wikipedia page, but it did Villains.fandom.com is extensive. That's it's, where I learned about, like, Jeffrey the Killer or whatever his yeah, name is. Uh -huh. Yeah. This is the new Wikipedia. The new good. <laughs> A few months later, odd posts from an unidentified person started appearing on the MySpace profiles of all the students who went to the same school as Carmen, stating that she had been pushed and that her death was not an accident. Hmm. So the chain mail started to work. People yeah, were posting. Yeah. They pushed her, you know. The perpetrator had a window of opportunity to confess to the authorities or face the dire repercussions. These five girls were found dead one by one after refusing to accept responsibility for their actions. Gnarly. As a ghost... Carmen would continue to use her supernatural powers to send chain mail, <laughs> stating Boy. that if they did not spread the word, then she would kill them. If someone did not send the message to 15 people, Carmen would kill them. According to the legend, Carmen will get them, whether it's from a toilet or shower, the same thing. Anyway. <laughs> Any water source. Uh, uh, so if they don't do it, they'll hear cackling laughter all over the place. Then as they scream in horror, Carmen will come and tear their face off. Their face skin? Their face skin. However, should they obey her commands, Carmen would look after and protect them 
for the rest of their life. Oh, send me that. Send me that email. That's I a, want protection from a toilet ghost. That's a huge benefit. Yeah. Toilet ghost watching over you for all time. I'll annoy some of my friends. So what I thought was particularly interesting is that's the that's the whole urban legend. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you got to repost it or you're gonna be cursed as well. Right. What I like about it is that for the for the year 2000, it's very internet-y. Yes. Right. Like I like I like. This yeah, was like an emerging it. technology. More and more people are on it. So teens start telling a story, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about high school and stuff. So it's probably yeah. reflective of the life that someone was living to yeah. some extent. Totally. Snopes points out that no event like this ever occurred. Mm-hmm. This person's name, this person was not dropped into a sewer. It's just made up. But it also has fun parallels in the ring. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. where Sadako, Samara, depending on which version you watch, is thrown in a well, mm-hmm. which is very similar to a sewer. Yeah. Um, and then uh, continues to torment through technology. True. In that case being a VHS tape that you have to make other people watch, which is very much the act of reposting. Make yeah. a copy of the tape and give it to somebody else to watch to pass the curse along. And also bringing with her water. Just like yeah. this toilet thing. Yeah, you're right. Just like the toilet, toilet. shower, what have you. Yeah, you've got water in your toilet? Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah, I know. We're fancy. I got sand in mine. <laughs> so uh, the other thing it made me think of, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, is the movie Unfriended. Yes, I have. You have seen this. Oh, I so sure So you have. know how good it is. I'm initiated in the ways of Unfriended. In the movie Unfriended, which I highly recommend in a... Yeah, like it's a, a good watch. It's not a good movie, though. Yeah, you don't give it a green light. You give it like a brown <laughs> thumbs up or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, the the characters are all on Skype together. Mm-hmm. It's a screen life movie, like Host or yep. something like that, or like Searching. Mm-hmm. And all these characters are on Skype together when the mysterious figure Laura Barnes joins the chat with no profile image and no camera. Right, so you're only seeing people's computer screens. Yes, but Laura Barnes, this mysterious person, is named after their friend who died one year ago today. Right. A friend who they took a video of when she passed out and pooped her pants. Mm-hmm. Literally in this scary movie. They're yes. like, she pooped her pants. So stupid. And we posted the video on YouTube. And now the ghost of Laura Barnes is killing us one by one unless we confess. Right. I almost think that that is pulled directly <laughs> From the Carmen Winstead urban legend. Maybe, it's I mean. very Laura Barnes. Yeah, and I bet there are a bunch of different urban legends like that. I could see sure. that being kind of like a base and in different towns. There are different names for her and sure. whatever. That's interesting. But yeah, it does seem like they probably come from the same DNA. Uh, yeah, I, that's, DNA is a good way to put it. Th- yeah. There's like a family tree, Carmen mm-hmm. Winstead and Laura Barnes. Yeah. And Sadako and Samara yeah. are all on this family tree together. But I had never heard that story. I had the, neither. The girl in the well. And that also, like, you, you can picture it very plainly. Like, I, I can yeah, see. Yeah, it's very easy to understand. Yes. Nice and clean. The body was found in the sewer. Oh, she fell. And mm-hmm. all the kids, like, look to each other like, we're going to be, we're going to keep we're this secret, this right? We're taking story to the grave. Yeah. Like, I know what you did last summer. Yep. Like, jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. Boom. They didn't know how close the grave was. No. They just had no idea that Carmen Winstead was still watching from beyond the veil. Yeah. Well, folks... Before we get into another spooky old urban legend, let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts because this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm going to tell you something, Kristen. This is very, very true. Most evenings, my I have a nightly routine, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure you have a nightly routine, right? Yep. You brush your teeth, you get wash into bed, ass. wash your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then you lie in bed and you replay moments from throughout the day. The week, the month, or even your entire lifetime. (laughs) Certainly. Times that you said something you should not have said. Times you did something you should not have done. Or you just wonder if you shouldn't have said or done it. It could be totally innocuous to somebody else, but we harp on it. I endlessly uh, do this. I I will torment myself until I fall to sleep with regrets from over the course of my life. Yeah. uh, Which is why BetterHelp is so useful and helpful. Um, do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. 
Therapy gives you a place to do just that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. Yes, I have benefited greatly from therapy. Um, I dare say I'm in the best mental health place I've ever been. And I would credit therapy with that playing definitely a big part. Good for you. Thank you very much. You know, like it's, it's just good to have somebody to get some perspective from. It's helpful to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It just empowers you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And it's not just for people who've experienced like major trauma or major issues. It can really just help enhance your everyday life and sometimes quiet that voice that keeps you up at night. And honestly, one of my favorite things about specifically BetterHelp Mm -hmm. is that it's really, it sort of meets you at your level of uh, interest and involvement, right? Yes. So it's a very 21st century type of platform. You can go on and you can set up a call. You can video chat or you can have a phone call, whatever whatever suits you. But here's the good, the, the, the like best part of it. In the moment, you can literally open up the app and send a text, essentially. Love, love, love that. Because then it just gets it out of your mind instantly. In the moment, go for it. You will receive a, spo- a response after a little while from somebody. Um, but that way you get some immediacy and you're able to get it off your chest instantly. Yes. Huge. So... If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. And that's a huge one, too. Yes. Because this is a, a like a confidant, a, a new relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to work with somebody that works for you. Yes. So fear not. A big hurdle, I think, for therapy is the unknown of what am I getting yourself, what am I getting myself into? And BetterHelp genuinely smooths out that transition from person to person, therapist to therapist. The switching is super duper easy, genuinely. You don't have to like worry about having a weird confrontation with somebody or explaining mm. yourself. It just like let you just say, I want to switch therapists, and it gives you like a choice of therapist and you just do it. Yes. So get a break from your thoughts with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash GTTU today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash GTTU. Boom. Go check it out, everybody. Yeah. We legit, legit speak from experience. Yes. Super helpful. Give yourself a break. Yes. I can't recommend it enough, truly. Now, if you need to get your mind off of everything and you need to retreat to a place of tremendously ridiculous, grand, creepy stupidity. There's a time to talk and a time to just let yourself be distracted. To let us talk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that is what patreon.com slash GTTU pod can provide. We actually have a whole second weekly podcast called The Netherworld Dispatch that comes out every Monday. So if you sign up for our demon tier, then you get to bookend the week with us every yeah. single week. Monday and Friday. Monday, mm-hmm. Netherworld Dispatch. Friday, Guide to the Unknown. That's right. And then we have other tiers where you get it either every other week or once a month. You can just check out all of those tiers at patreon.com slash pod and see which one works for you. The most recent episode of our Patreon podcast, The Netherworld Dispatch, is episode 125, Nightmare Celebrity Apps. We looked at <laughs> this was weird. often defunct apps that yeah. no longer exist, like I, Sam Jackson. (laughs) Right. Where you can pay a dollar or two and then play clips of Sam Jackson being like, that's gotta hurt. These were oddities Uh, of the highest order. Uh, We did an an interactive experience about Jeremy Renner's app. (laughs) um, And Kristen played some of Kim Kardashian's game. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a cult of personality, yeah. to be sure. So go check that out. And I've also got a new review for us this week, if you would indulge me. Beautiful. That came to us from Who Aurin, saying, perfect mix of spooky and sarcasm. My husband and I listen to this show religiously as it fuels my love for all things spooky and his cynical nature. This podcast also led us to watching Hellraiser 8. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> the jury is still out on that one. Is it? 
five stars. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so nice. I'm really glad that you can enjoy that together. That's very sweet to me. Yes. And again, my apologies about Hellraiser 8. I apologize for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, the we Road to 1,000 continues. The Road to 1,000, people, is paved <laughs> with you. Thank you very, very much <laughs> you to are, everyone. You are our stepping stones. <laughs> We, Never. We tread on you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much to everybody who leaves reviews and softens our footfall. Thank you. Thank you all. Yes, truly. Thank you. Do you want me to read a, a small one to you real quick or do you have like a small Go ahead. One? No, okay. So I'm going to, because this is, I mentioned at the top of the show, this is not an urban legend. Oh, okay. There is sort of a story, I guess, well, whatever. According to Wikipedia, the Castilian Lisp is an urban legend. Right. So... <laughs> A persistent urban legend claims that the prevalence of the sound th in Spanish, mm -hmm. so they would say, you know... Um, Ibiza. Ibiza instead of Ibiza. Yeah. Um, Castilian instead of Castilian. Okay. Right. Uh, can be traced back to a Spanish king who spoke with a lisp. Hmm. So basically the king... And then everybody was just like, oh, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. The king woke up and, and said, you know, uh, uh, buenos dias. And everybody was just like, oh, I love this. Uh, we better do whatever the king says. Uh, yeah, yeah. We don't want a King Henry VIII situation on our hands. <laughs> right. So here we go. <laughs> um, well, it's not true <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, traces of the origin of the legend uh, go to a chronicle from Pero Lopez de Ayala, which says that Peter of Castile lisped a little. However, Peter resigned in the 14th century, and that sound began to develop in the 16th century. Oh. So it's an amusing story. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. guess there was, I guess this Peter of Castile. Yeah. The Castilian, right, king, did have a lisp, mm -hmm. which is interesting. So you can see why somebody went yeah. from A to B anyway. Yes. And I kind of wish that was true. Me just too. I wonder what... We love the idea of a mad king. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I guess kings are... I, I don't know if we love it. Well... But we're but amused... It's become loosely. almost like a, it's like a trope or a cliche or something. Yes. Yeah. The, a, a king mad with power. Mm -hmm. And so to either, either he demanded it. Right. Everybody speak like me or everybody lived in such fear of the king. We better speak like, we the better. way that he does. He mm -hmm. chipped his tooth on a candy apple like, <laughs> like Job on Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, like that's an amusing story, yeah. but of course it's not true. However, I have a personal connection with the Castilian lisp. That's right. So, I'm going to tell you a personal story now mm -hmm. uh, about a fun joke I heard about the Castilian Lisp. Yes. I went to the Halloween 2015 taping of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. This was Stephen Colbert's first year taking over The Late Show from David Letterman. Mm -hmm. And I booked tickets not knowing if it would be Halloween themed at all. Right. I didn't think he did it on his old show, The Colbert Report. Most talk shows don't really seem to go crazy for Halloween. Although, do you Tell know? that to the Today Show. Oh, my God. Think about Carson Daly dressed like a peanut. <sighs> the entire cast of the Today Show dressed up like Charlie Brown and Snoopy, and it was like a Disturbing. special effects horror show. Yeah. A horror show. It's hard Google. to look at. Seriously, everybody pause the show and Google <laughs> that. We'll, we'll wait. It's Come so back nutty. Later. It's crazy looking, yeah. those costumes. But so, um, do you know that Conan O'Brien did a whole episode of Late Night with Conan O'Brien where it was skeletons mm -hmm. in the audience. Yes. And they did voices over the skeletons. There's, yes. That's, that's great. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I won the jackpot because on this Halloween taping, we walked in to find the entire studio decorated for Halloween. Yeah, that's so fun. They pumped out like smoke or dry ice or whatever, billowed mm -hmm. out as the, as the curtains raised and Stephen Colbert came out dressed like some sort of a... He looked, honestly, he looked a little bit like... Um, if Ichabod Crane yeah. was a vampire. Sweet. All right. That's so he's got like, like a revolutionary war kind uh -huh. of coat and with vampire fangs. Fine. He called himself, he introduced himself by saying, welcome to the late show. I'm the late Stephen Colbert. Very good. Cute. Yes. And then he said that he was playing a sexy teenage vampire, <laughs> but Can't he couldn't tell. really talk very well with the plastic teeth in his mouth. So he made the following joke. If you're going to wear teeth like this, you should definitely do it in rehearsal as well. Because, unless I concentrate very hard, I sound like a vampire from Barcelona. Yeah. And that is the joke, it's a good joke. about the Castilian lisp that I heard from Stephen Colbert yeah. when I went to a taping in 2015. 
And they never did a Halloween-themed show ever again. That's because you never came back. I never came back. I bet they pulled it all together when they saw you standing out there. I think I did go back. Oh. But I got to go to the one Halloween-themed show they ever did. The band Ghost played. It was the first time I'd ever seen Ghost before. Yep. And uh, Ghost, for those of you who don't know, it's like a like a, a themed band, almost as if they are like like headed by a satanic pope. Yeah, who is it? Father Emeritus or something? Papa? I, Papa? Papa Emeritus. Kristen, yeah. I think you're right. I yeah. think the front man is Papa Emeritus. Yes. And it's said that there have been several Papa Emeritus's, <laughs> but it's really the same guy with different facial <laughs> prosthetics. So awesome. It's very theatrical, very costumey. My coworker just went to see Ghosts like last week. It's they're great i they're kind of like 80s like metally now like they play are like they? fun mm-hmm. oh really I, I, yeah. I can't pretend I, I haven't listened in a while there was a period of time I where i was listening I to ghosts that. yeah and i realized at a certain point i was like it sounds like i'm driving around listening to church music it does <laughs> that's really funny but uh in their performance they they pulled somebody out of the crowd who started to like convulse and speak in tongues that's so awesome and papa emeritus performed an exorcism in front of all of us. Man, you had such a score. What a of score. A visit. It was the recording of the late show to go to. Oh, that's excellent. Yes, Charlie remember? Rose dressed like Dracula or like Frankenstein, I mean. <laughs> before he was canceled, don't worry. They got the Don't worry. Don't worry, everyone got their pitchforks. <laughs> it was Halloween after all. After all, after all. After all. <laughs> um, do you remember I think that you were with me we went to go see The Daily Show, and um, the guest was somebody who wrote a book about waves. Yeah, it was, that was a shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like the ebb and, ebb, and fl- ebb and flow of tides. Yes, so yeah. It was a shame. That's right. It was still fun. And every time the, the camera swooped overhead the oh, audience, yeah, yeah, yeah. you wrapped a, yes. a jacket around me as if it was a shawl yes. and acted like I was very cold. That's right. That's right. You yeah. were like always comforting my shoulders whenever right. the camera flew overhead. Now, that was fun. Never appeared on screen. No. No. What are you going to do? Um, also, uh, remember the movie 80 for Brady? Yeah. Did you see it? No, I didn't. In that movie, I guess Jane Fonda or Lily Tomlin fall in love with a man named Gronk. He's a football player. Okay. Yeah. That man was at the Halloween show ah. dressed like the Master Chief. The Matt? What does that mean? From Halo. Oh, okay. And he did a sketch about Halloween candy that was not funny. Um, I, I think I've told you this before, but I saw a tweet like years ago that said that it was somebody who said my friend had never heard of Gronk before and they thought that he was an original character created for this Dunkin' Donuts ad because he, he had like a Dunkin' Donuts campaign. So they thought that they just like created a guy named Gronk and they had like a picture. He's like the Hamburglar. He's yeah. an, an invention for Dunkin' Donuts purposes. And I could kind of see the picture that they put with the tweet was him like, Holding a cup of Duncan, and I was like, "Yeah, I wouldn't know who this is." Did they heard of Gronk? Did they ever get Ben Affleck to do a Dunkin' Donuts commercial? Yes, they did. did. They did a Super Bowl commercial where Ben Affleck was working the um, the drive-through when Jennifer Lopez came up, and she was like, "What are you doing here? Get home!" And he's like, "Okay," and she's like, "But bring a dozen or whatever." That's not as funny as it should be. It should have been him struggling to. Hold on to all of those cups. Remember he kept dropping them? Yes. Multiple photos. Multiple photos of Ben Affleck struggling to hold on to his Dunkin' Donuts. There are so many funny candidates of him with Dunkin' Donuts specifically. <laughs> and they had like, they had real people coming through and being like, oh, hey, it's you or whatever. And like, yeah. it's an okay commercial. All yeah, right, fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think we're going to take us, take us on out with the celebrity death rule of three. Oh, okay. All right. So it, yours it, are very grim. <laughs> They are. They're very varied. Yeah. Um, So it's pretty self-explanatory. It's the idea that uh, celebrities, if not just people, die in threes. And so here are some examples of it. In 2009, Michael Jackson, Farrah Fawcett, and Ed McMahon all died in close proximity. Farrah Fawcett and Michael Jackson were like the same day or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in 2016, David Bowie, Alan Rickman, and Renee Angelil, which I find a bit of a reach, but still, okay. um, all died in January. Renee Angelil was Celine Dion's husband. Oh, who okay. Was also her manager. All right. Um, Alan Thicke, George Michael, and Carrie Fisher all died in the month of December of the same year. A month? Does a month count? 
That's a long period of time. It is kind of a long time. But for celebrities who are kind of like standout people where it's noticeable, I get it. I can see over the course of a month being like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like another. First, they come for Alan Thicke. Next, they come for George Michael. And then you come for Carrie Fisher. Give us a rest, December. (laughs) I I get it. Thanks, (laughs) twenty. 15 or well, whatever. 2016 was when everybody says that. Yeah. Um, and that was David Bowie and Alan Rickman, which I actually do remember. I remember that happening, you know, it was January. It was before all the shit hit the fan for us. And I do remember being like, damn, yeah. as everybody was. Yeah. Um, so anyway, here's here's the deal. This is from Michael Shermer, who's the author of The Believing Brain and publisher of Skeptic Magazine. So you can imagine what his position is, mm-hmm. which I happen to agree with. Celebrities die every day. There's no pattern at all, of course. And then he points out that there's not even a real rule to the rule of threes, which I think is really funny and kind of goes to what you were saying about like a month. Um, He says, there's no rule. Is it six hours, six days, three weeks? What constitutes a celebrity? How big do you have to be? Like, what are the parameters for these celebrities dying in threes? Um, Because he says, if we're talking A-listers all the way down to C and D-listers, he says they die by the dozens every week. Like, if we're doing, like, I don't know if about that, but I guess D-listers could be a big pool. Like hemorrhaging C-listers? We can't be. We need them. Um, yeah, I don't know about dozens or week, but whatever. Anyway, I have a lot of quotes, so I thought it was very interesting. Um, patterns in death, patterns in misfortune, those are things that help us try to understand the universe or reality in a way that makes sense of it, explains John Hoops, a professor, a professor, a professor <laughs> of anthropology okay. at the University of Kansas, who has written about the concept um, he told Psychology Today, or he wrote about it for Psychology Today. In general, we're very uncomfortable dealing with randomness. And there is an episode of 30 Rock that talks about the rule of threes. Do you remember this at all? Only vaguely. Um, so after there, two celebrity deaths happen in the world of 30 Rock. And then Tracy Jordan and Jimmy Fallon each are scared that they might be next. <laughs> and so uh, Fallon says at one point, if some celebrity doesn't die soon, I'm going to kill my first guest tonight. <laughs> it's a dog who plays soccer. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been while he was still on late night. Yeah, I guess so. It's pretty good. Um, but we, so we... Like dog plays soccer. I know. Um, basically, like it's it's unlikely. However, the human mind is sort of always looking for patterns, yeah. and figuring stuff out. And actually, I thought this was interesting. That's that skeptic guy Shermer said that essentially that's what science is. It's connecting dots that explain climate change or how a virus spreads. Oh. So like looking for those patterns can be really useful and helpful. It's just that sometimes we see them where they aren't really there and they're not really of consequence, hopefully. Yeah, it's almost like staring at clouds mm-hmm. and recognizing shapes. This this um, article talked about the concept of apophenia, okay. which is that is basically like looking for patterns that affirm scary stuff and same for pareidolia. Yeah. I actually don't really know what the difference between those things are. It's basically the same concept where it's yeah. you see patterns where they aren't actually there. Pareidolia might be more like shapes, visual, I guess. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think apophenia is more of a concept overall. Um, so uh, Shermer said that it might stem from being useful in an evolutionary sense. And here is a quote. Imagine you're a hominid on the plains of Africa and you hear a rustle in the grass. Is it it. (laughs) done? Is it a dangerous predator or is it just the wind? Because so if it's a predator and you bolt, you're wrong, but there's no harm done. But if you think that the rustle in the grass is just the wind and it actually is a dangerous predator, then you're screwed. And so we're the descendants of those organisms and we're most likely to find meaningful patterns because it keeps you safe. Or we're but descended from you... a weenie who kept running away from the wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just your friend making wind. Yeah, whatever. Stay here. It'll be fine. Come closer, if anything. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, like it can be useful or yeah. it can be hopefully if if you don't go too far with it, just like sort of harmless, but like it's hardwired into us basically. It's not sure. like a fault or anything to notice those things. And um, in today's world, an example might be thinking that somebody is following you while you're walking on the street. And maybe they're not, uh-huh. but better to be alert to hearing a sound and connecting that to a predator rather than just going, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, I'm pretty about that, to be honest. 
Yeah, totally. Like they're keep, keep your wits about you. Trust your instincts. Yeah, they're extremes to everything, of yeah. course. Um, and so it's better. So basically, the person Hoops, who uh, wrote about this for Psychology Today, said, "quote It's always better to recognize a pattern and be prepared to deal with it than to ignore it." Now that doesn't apply to celebrity deaths specifically, okay. because it's just like you know. It's just basically commenting on the nature of noticing patterns. Sure. But it seems like it's not really a significant thing. It's happened a handful of times over the course of us documenting celebrity and noticing this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's notable, but it's not like it's not a rule or anything. Yeah, it's the kind of thing. And here's the here's the frustrating thing is that it gives a foothold for people to almost like depersonalize death. In a way, like it's not like, oh no, this person died. It's it's like, oh, of course, uh, here we go again. Yeah. The curse of three. It's so shall it be. And mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Th then it just becomes things for people to tweet for attention. <laughs> yeah, like right? Josh Gad. I'll may I'll turn this into. What do you mean, like Josh Gad? <laughs> like, how, is Josh Gad just your reference point for someone tweeting? <laughs> no, somebody noticed like years ago, I don't know if he still does it, that Josh Gad, like every single person who would die, he would tweet about. And it was kind of speculated that this was perhaps to get him in the trending tweets about those people. No. Who knows? But if only, I remember correctly, only, only Gad. Gad himself. But <laughs> only Gad I believe can the, say. I believe it was <laughs> only Gad can judge me. <laughs> <laughs> that's good i believe it was the podcast who weekly okay. which is a podcast that is dedicated to um tr it's like basically gossip for like lower tier celebrities like a gad so there are who, how dare you so there are who's being like who is that and them's being like oh that we know who they are ah, so like okay. angelina jolie is a them um let's see tiara or tia maori is a who the Tian Tamara Maori? Yeah. I know them. They're who's, though. Sister, they're not sister. thems. Yeah. They're, they're thems to me. Yeah. Uh, the world of keeping an eye on celebrities is very cruel. It is, <laughs> I know. Very cruel. I know. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And yet, there I am. There you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> Soaking it all up. I can't help Will myself. you indulge me, please, for one more? Yes. Because I've been saving it. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about maybe like... The only genuine urban legend in this episode. Okay. Because in the list of C's, we got to the story of the choking Doberman, mm -hmm. which is legitimately featured in this textbook yeah. that you got me. Yes. Written by Jan Harold Brunvand, mm -hmm. who is one of the leading experts on urban legends. And one of the people foremost credited yeah. with documenting them to begin with. Right. He learned from the guy who coined the term urban legend. He's Mr. Urban Legend. He is. Yeah. So this is Jan Harold Brunvan's book, Encyclopedia of Urban Legends. And here on page 71, mm -hmm. I'm going to read to you his telling... Of the choking Doberman. Excellent. I hold in my hands a physical book, everybody. Did you remember you it, it being in that book or did you look it up and see? I looked it up. Yeah. I looked it up in my, my encyclopedia that you got That's awesome. Me. The choking Doberman. A woman comes home from shopping and finds her Doberman pincher lying in the entry of her home, gagging and choking. She immediately drops her purchases, puts the dog in the car and rushes to the veterinarian. The vet says that he'll have to operate to remove the obstruction, and he advises her to return home and wait for his call. Back home, as the woman is opening her door, she hears the telephone ringing, and she hurries to answer it. The vet is calling, and he urgently commands her to hang up the phone immediately and run outside. He's already called the police, who will explain. The woman does as he says, and the police soon arrive. They tell her that the vet found two fingers stuck in the Doberman's throat. They search the house and find a burglar hiding in a closet. He's in shock and has two fingers bitten off his one hand. The Doberman, which initially seemed like, you know, just a dog yeah. choking whatever, right. had fended off an intruder that the woman didn't know about, and the, the veterinarian warns her about him. That intruder, that intruder really hung around. 
to have I, a vet visit and x-rays I, and you're still in the closet? A, it does take a, a, some period of time. Yeah, hours. But they say that he's in shock exactly. and there's, there's blood loss involved. Yep, I think yep. in some variations I've read that he's passed out. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, he goes on to talk about variations. Uh, there are different breeds of dog, different hiding places for the intruder. There are a lot of racist variations where it's like the it was the fingers were black. Uh, right? So it's like, yikes. Ah. Yeah. Um, sometimes the intruder is not found, but police identify him when he shows up, missing the two fingers at a local emergency Fine. room for treatment. Um, the story, in whatever variation, reflect, uh, reflects people's fear of crime, hmm. especially from the hands of racial and ethnic minorities in the racist versions, mm -hmm. and their trust in the police for protection. The intended victim is nearly always a woman, often living alone, who has specifically a Doberman. Though I did read elsewhere that the story started to change to the choking pit bull. Yeah, I'm not as surprised. As pit bulls became increasingly like popular in the mm -hmm. in the home. Um, the choking Doberman began to circulate in the United States in 1981 and spread coast to coast. But it's a very, very old story, as yeah. you will soon hear, because it can be documented back to a Welsh legend about Prince Llewellyn and his dog, Gellert. So the prince returns home to find his infant's cradle overturned and empty, Oy. while the dog lies nearby with a bloody mouth in the hallway. The prince kills the dog, thinking that it killed the child, uh -huh. only to discover that his faithful hound had actually defended the baby from a wolf. The dead wolf and the safe baby are found inside the home. So That's a terrible story. That in and of itself seems to actually come from a 13th century incident from, the, from Middle East folklore where various fables tell about a household pet their, the household pet's behavior being misunderstood, leading to the animal being unjustly slain. Mm. But what urban legends are are modern legends. The whole point yeah. of the term urban legend was to differentiate from old world folklore. Right. So if you think of the term folklore, often it'll conjure in your mind some sort of like a pastoral rural community, caves and trolls and witches. Mm -hmm. But what Jan Harald Brunvand had been noticing was that stories, modern folklore, were springing up in urban environments. Yeah. Or just modern environments. Uh, centering around like kids in cars on Lover's Lane. Right, not a Prince Llewellyn. Not a Prince more Llewellyn. More like a Josh. More like a woman who comes home from work and finds her pet with a bloody mouth or choking and yeah. not knowing why. And instead of a wolf that came in to attack the baby, it was a home intruder because mm -hmm. in our modern society, yeah, break-ins would occur. So yeah. all of a sudden this old folkloric wolf this, and that was their home intruder. That was I mean, their I'm sure home intruder. I'm sure they were intruder. also actual men, but, you know. Right. But it, it very, like, directly updates old world folklore yeah. into modern world threats. Yeah. And even brings in, like, I've got a veterinarian who takes care of my dog and who can check on this animal for mm -hmm. me. And the telephone, like the man calling right. from inside the house. The vet being able to call and say, get out of the house, I've called the police. Like, yeah. all of these modern ways of life all these modern conveniences mm -hmm. in a 13th century folklore story just updated yeah to reflect what our life was starting to look more and more like totally that is like in a nutshell that's what an urban legend academically historically is right you can see the development of an origin and then where we've landed absolutely awesome um so the last thing that i've even got on that is that i tried to see if there was and i'm sure there are i, I looked up like you know dog protects woman from intruder mm -hmm. and and things like that have certainly like occurred but part of the point of the urban legend is that there's not an event that you can concretely point to yeah um, but, uh, yeah, there, there, there you go. I mean, that's, yeah. that's like that, quite frankly, the, the, the choking Doberman is like one of the quintessential urban legends. I was thrilled to see it on our list for this episode. Yeah. I remember you were it's, like, it's I one of the that. big guns. Yeah. 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 Um, so there you go, everybody. Yeah. More urban legends. Absolutely. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. We will be back next week with more weird stuff. We'll be on the Netherworld Dispatch on Monday. We're getting very Blair Witchy on, yeah. uh, on Monday. We're mm -hmm. actually going to be covering 
what may just be like the latest Blair Witch (laughs) official release. It's like a weird (laughs) visual novel with some choose your own adventure elements. It's almost more of a romance story than anything else. Not almost. It definitely is. Okay. But um, (laughs) it's it's technically it's an official Lionsgate. It's on a romance app. Can you call it a romance app? I, it looks like it to me. I mean, I haven't poked around besides what you showed me, but I didn't see anything that wasn't romance. If it looks like a duck and it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it quacks like a duck, I suppose you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's on Monday, everybody. Patreon.com slash pod. Yep. I also want to mention, we would love to do another listener stories episode. Ooh, yes. So if something weird has happened to you, if it's happened to a friend and they wouldn't mind you telling us about it, like what? ever by all means please send that story in to gttupod at gmail.com we'll start compiling those and as soon as we have enough we'll do a listener stories episode so please send them in ghosts just strange things ufos cryptids any sort of mystery and think outside the box if you've got family members who've experienced something and you can get their permission and everything feel free to send it in again that's gttupod at gmail.com dot com mm-hmm. uh very much consider going to betterhelp.com slash gttu uh it not only helps you it helps us yes um so we hope that you uh find a use for that platform i i genuinely genuinely um uh vouch for it yeah same there are there are sponsors that we've turned down yes totally i've used better help yeah for yeah. sure um and you can follow us online we're at gttu pod Kristen is at chillin Kristen. i am at the myth traveler uh, fun stuff coming to the Guide to the Unknown Universe mm-hmm. uh, very soon. We're entering into the spookiest month of the year, as That's we all right. know. I think you can expect a, a formal announcement next week of a fun event for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, we hope that you have a great night, and we'll see you on the other side. That's right. I didn't say the phrase. Yeah, I know. I don't know what to do now. I'm stuck. So I'm stuck. I shall say the words. We must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go one. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the netherworld. Now go wah. Go I have to go wah. Time to go off. Yeah. Go off in the netherworld. Woo!